Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Russell Life Radio. This is episode 108. And it's a little different this week because we had Matt and Micah obviously covering AEW basically all weekend. Uh, they covered AEW, um, go, obviously going into Double or Nothing. They had a review of Dynamite, which we normally do on these weekend reviews. But since it's leading up to the pay-per-view, Matt and Micah went ahead and took care of it. They did a preview, double or nothing, and then a review of the whole show. So Micah has the night off. Matt is taking another vacation for God knows why. But we have special guests tonight. The uh, lovely Rain is with us once again. How's it going, Rain? Hello, hello. How are you? And Rain, I got to say, I did a horrible job of hosting last time. Me and you were on the same show. Uh, I, I think Matt was out or something, and I took over the show, and I just totally botched not mentioning your uh, like plugging your Instagram or anything like that. So I'm just going to get it out of the way to start the show <laughs> to make sure I don't forget this time. So go ahead and tell us about your Instagram account and how people can follow you. Okay. So you guys, if you want to follow me or actually, no, please follow me on Instagram at <laughs> WWE. What if, and I have videos and my wrestling promos on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash WWE. What if. Yeah. Check them out. They're awesome promos, by the way. Uh, if WWE doesn't hire you at some point in the future, they are ridiculous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because they are good promos. Um, so yeah, check her out for sure. Uh, and yeah, I, I kind of want to open this this week's Weekend Review. Uh, I, I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but we also, uh, Rain lives on the West Coast and has a little bit of a unique perspective. So I, again, want to not do a This Day in Wrestling History and uh, just talk about uh, Shad uh, Gaspard because... He obviously passed away sadly last week, uh, and I was really disappointed. We'll, we'll talk more about it, or uh, well, actually, we'll just address it now. They didn't really do anything for him on SmackDown or Raw uh, that I noticed. Um, I mean, nothing notable, and I was just really disappointed. They had this a really good Memorial Day tribute on Friday Night SmackDown. I'm assuming they had it on Raw too. I mm-hmm. admittedly didn't catch Raw this week because my dad was visiting from out of town. I caught all the highlights, but. That's what Rain's here for. She's our, uh, she's going to catch us up on Raw. But um, yeah, I didn't even hear of like any good package. And I know, I mean, I don't know if Shad's ever going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame, but the guy was in a notable tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a good run in WWE and did great things outside the company. I mean, I don't understand why. Uh, and I mean, my Lord, the way that he, you know, passed doing something so noble as saving his son, like, I don't understand why they didn't highlight that some more. Uh, obviously, they don't want to take advantage of it because it's you know sad. But pay the man some respect. Uh, yeah, they they obviously made a post on Instagram, so it wasn't completely neglected. But I would have liked to see a little bit more. Especially they had this awesome moving Memorial Day thing that talked about sacrifice and you know all the heroes and all this. And all I could think about was Shad the entire time. I know mm-hmm. obviously I want to pay respect to our servicemen for sure Memorial Day, but. Uh, I was still like kind of wanting to see that as well. So uh, I would have liked to seen that, but rain, like I said, you've got a a better perspective because you live in California um, on the West coast. And you actually went and saw Shad's uh, Memorial outside the gold's gym Mm -hmm. uh, and actually went to the vintage beach and uh, paid your respects. So um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, You know, I totally agree with you. Um, seeing that Memorial Day package that they did on SmackDown, and they actually did that on Monday Night Raw. You know, they were talking about the, you know, 
honoring those who made the ultimate sacrifice. And although Shad is not, he wasn't, you know, a, a vet, I do believe right. that he also made the ultimate sacrifice to save his son's life. And, and I was hoping to see some sort of tribute, you know, aside from just a picture of, you know, in memory of, of Shad Gaspard. But um, maybe WWE will have maybe a special on WWE Network. But but again, it, it will be nice to see maybe you know a minute or two of, of, of what Shad has done had done for um or in the WWE. And um yeah, this past weekend I actually spent some time to find Shad's memorial, which uh, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you probably have seen my posts of trying to find his memorial out at uh, Venice Beach, which after an hour and a half of like searching, I couldn't find it. And then later on, you know, uh, I saw it on social media that uh, it had been moved to Gold's Gym in Venice, where apparently Shad uh, would work out. And so on Sunday, um, I actually went to Gold's Gym in Venice and it was very peaceful. You know, they had pictures of Shad and his wife and his kid and there are a bunch of flowers and candles. And, you know, I met Shad Gaspard. I want to say. That's right. That's right. You met him. Yeah. I met him 13 years ago. Actually, my first time in Los Angeles. I went to SummerSlam 2009, I believe. And um, he was one of those famous people who, he was just so genuine. And, and, you know, when you meet like a famous person and they were actually nice to you and that sticks with you because when you see that guy get on TV, you're like, oh my God, yeah, that guy. Yeah. He was really nice to me. You know, that sticks to you. And so when I found out that he was missing, I was really hoping for the best for him, you know, because I, I, you know, we don't know each other personally, but I know at some point in our lives, you know, we met each other and he was really nice. And um, that's why to me, I really wanted to pay my respects because, you know, he could be just to some other wrestler who would be like, all right, all right okay, okay, another fan. All right, I'll take a picture right. with you. Great. Nice to meet you. No, he wasn't like that. I honestly saw how genuine he was. And that's why I wanted to find his memorial in which I did um, on Sunday at um, Gold's Gym in Venice. And it was really nice. It was really nice to honor, you know, not just a wrestler, but, but a father who, who was pretty much a hero. He saved his son's life. Right. So to me, I hope WWE would somehow, some way, kind of do like a little tribute for him more than just showing his picture, you know, for five seconds on air. I think he deserves yeah. that. Yeah. And I mean, even uh, he's had such a impact. I mean, he had an impact on you, obviously. Uh, and, and even it's nice to see all the, you know, superstars that are there currently and former superstars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen social media flooded with just people posting pictures of him and then sharing their story about how he was such a selfless guy. I know I read one um, from David Otunga, which I, honestly, I'm not even the biggest David Otunga fan, but mm-hmm. uh, he just he came out and told a story in his uh, on his Instagram that uh, his first time in WWE, Shad recognized him from um, the uh, the show I Love New York, which was a reality show back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, he you know showed him around. And David Otunga told him he was there for a tryout, so Shad put in a good word for him. Never even met the guy, but just knew who he was. Mm-hmm. So it just shows. And that's pretty much what everybody said, even the point where 
Uh, I saw today Arnold Schwarzenegger went and paid his respects at the Goldstream Gym tribute. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the dude. Awesome. Yeah, you can't say any more about the guy. He, he's you know sounds like a great man. Obviously, a great father, and uh, he'll be missed for sure. Um, and uh, speaking of being missed, um, we had another, uh, and I'm not sure if uh, Matt and Mike had touched on this on their AEW reviews, but um, uh, Hana, the wrestler from Japan, who was sadly was 22 years old and um, passed away as well this weekend, another hard blow to the wrestling community. Uh, just, you know, gave us another reminder that, you know, you don't know when your last day is going to be and, you know, you need to treat others much like Shad did. Treat them with the utmost respect, mm-hmm. treat them with dignity and treat them like they're your family because, uh, you don't know what someone's going through. You don't know what, you know, uh, what the person's life is like. And it's just always important to remember that because, uh, you know, especially in this day and age, it's easy. I mean, I'm a gamer. I play online all the time and still people are just, <laughs> just straight up mean on games sometimes mm-hmm. and for no reason. I mean, I'm a, I'm a grown man. It doesn't bother me anymore, uh, but it's just senseless. You know, I, I understand yeah. you're trying to have fun sometimes, but you got to think about people sometimes because you don't know what the person's going through. So. Uh, obviously rest in peace to, uh, Chad and rest in peace to, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, to Hannah. So, uh, but we'll move on. Uh, we just want to pay their, our respects to those two superstars and, uh, we'll move on into SmackDown this week. Um, I I gotta say, I really, I enjoyed the show for the most part. Um, it was definitely, I said last week when we talked about raw, that raw was very, it was fast paced and I enjoyed it because it, it kept a good momentum going through the three hours, still fell a little long, but I was kind of disappointed that all the matches were really short. So uh, that was not what happened on SmackDown this week. <laughs> the, uh, mm-hmm. All the matches were, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, throughout pretty long. Um, and so as far as wrestling goes, they didn't mess around on the show. They, they, you know, they had some long m- matches. They let these people work. And uh, so for the most part, I fairly enjoyed it. So uh, we'll get into it. Uh, basically, like I said, they, they showed with a, a really good opening Memorial Day um, video, obviously uh, honoring the veterans heading into the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so great video package. Uh, then we open up the show with the dirt sheet with Ms. Morrison. Hey, hey, hey ho, ho. ho. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I love John Morrison. And you know what? The Miz, he's his best, I think, when he's got somebody like Morrison to play off of. Mm-hmm, uh, this the start of this segment, I actually really enjoyed. They they obviously joked about uh, Otis being the Mister Money in the Bank. They kind of were unhappy that he was Mister Money in the Bank. Uh, Morrison was just cracking me up the entire time. Obviously, Miz was mad that uh, Braun Strowman stuck his nose in their business and decided to tag with Owen. Then they basically turned their attention to Strowman and were calling him dumb for teaming with Otis because obviously he's got the money in the bank briefcase. He could cash in any moment. So basically just ragged on him for being a dummy. Pointed out that uh, Bray Wyatt kicked Strowman to the curb in uh, order to replace him with puppets. Uh, Miz called them stuffed animals, which is funny. I mean, puppets are basically the opposite of stuffed animals because they are hollow inside, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, basically just talked about them, like, you know, the Wyatt replacing the entire Wyatt family of puppets, which was fine. I was with this segment up until this point. And then they had to introduce the new puppets that they said were, I guess, reject puppets. And at this point I was just like, okay, 
it kind of jumped the shark and I don't know. I didn't enjoy it from this point on. It was just, it was silly. They had like a lot of fart jokes. They had like a diaper uh, puppet and had like a poop tongue, I guess, coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It was just kind of, yeah, I was, I was glad my girlfriend didn't walk in while I was watching this. Cause it would have been very embarrassing for me, but uh, <laughs> Oh, and then they also had a, uh, uh, God, what's the name of it? It was basically a joke at Mandy Rose. It was like a blonde mannequin. Uh, I think it was called Man- Mandicky and Rose or something, yeah, like something like that. Yeah. Some silly name, but anyway, so they had puppets and then of course, Braun Strowman did not take kindly to this. So he came out, he got in the ring uh, and basically, you know, was laughing at them, uh, told, uh, told them to ask him about Bray Wyatt and his puppets uh miz said you know i've dealt with bray wyatt before it nearly destroyed him but luckily morrison was there to help me up uh then morrison got in Strowman's face and uh said that the miz could beat him and uh he pointed out that uh the miz not might not be as big and as strong as Strowman, but he could still win and uh miz was kind of like not into this idea obviously but Strowman accepted the challenge and uh he demanded a referee come out and that's what led us into the first match which was Strowman versus miz uh basically Strowman dominated the entire time, uh, just beat the crap out of the Miz. Uh, As expected. Had, yeah. Uh, he did get knocked to the outside at one point, and Morrison helped out the Miz, uh, gave uh, Strowman a kick to the head while the referee was distracted, and that kind of gave Miz a little bit of offense, but mm-hmm. uh, ultimately uh, prevailed uh, or turned out not to be any anything big because Strowman just picked him up, slammed him. Uh, Strowman hits the running power slam for the win. So an easy win for uh, Strowman here. Really the thing to take away from here after the match, Morrison got on the mic and he challenged Strowman to take on Miz and Morrison at Backlash because his logic was, well, you beat me in a tag match last week. You were lucky. You could beat Miz in a singles match, but you know what? You you haven't proven that you could beat us together on your own. So they challenged Strowman to a two-on-one hand- handicap match at Backlash for the Universal title. I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, they challenged him. So Strowman laughed and he accepted. And I was just like, okay, how did Strowman lose his intercontinental title in a handicap match? Yeah, you're right. So yeah. why <laughs> they talked about, how, they talked about how he was dumb earlier. And I mean, the guy did beat them both. And I mean, he's probably going to beat them both at backlash, but still it's like, why would you fall into their trap and do what they want to do? Especially when you did the same thing with the Intercontinental Championship and ended up losing it because you were outnumbered. I'm just saying, doesn't really make Strowman look that smart, but we'll see. I, th- I think they're both going to get the hands eventually. Uh, I mean, the match was fine. Uh, it was obviously the Miz just getting beat up. The segment was okay. Um, uh, I really enjoyed the first part of it, but not as much the second part. What do you think about everything, Rain? So to me, um... Yeah, I thought the jokes about like Otis and also uh, about Braun Strowman, I thought they were kind of immature. Yeah. Um, I kind of I mean, like their gimmick, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I think they were stretching out. They were stretching it out even more to the point of it being kind of like I don't know. It wasn't funny anymore. It was kind yeah. of like yeah, it, they were overusing it. So to me, it was. Right. It just got to a point where, all right, are you guys gonna fight or what? Right. <laughs> but yeah. um. The idea of, of of Morrison and Miz facing Braun Strowman at Backlash, 
I thought that was kind of like out of the blue, maybe because we don't really have someone who could face Braun Strowman one-on-one. So that's why they turn it into a handicap match between Miz and Morrison versus Strowman. Uh, Unless someone's going to pop up, you know, within the next two or three weeks before Backlash and then would challenge uh, Braun Strowman. Or this could be a setup wherein you got Miz and Morrison, um, you know, facing Strowman. And then at some point, Otis might cash in his money in the bank briefcase. Yeah. And and surprisingly, we haven't seen Bray at all um, Mm -hmm. since their match. Ever since the the pay-per-view, right? Right. And I would assume... He's probably going to come in towards the end. I would, I would assume that Strowman is just going to feud with Miz and Morrison. They'll probably get the better of him uh, before Backlash at some point because I think we've got a couple weeks before the pay-per-view. Um, so I'm sure they'll probably get, you know, they'll attack him at some point and get the better of him. But I would assume that uh, Strowman would go on and beat them at the pay-per-view and Bray would probably, or at least The Fiend, would probably reemerge at that point. Uh, but I was kind of surprised he hasn't come back at this point. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, fine. You know, opening it was just basically the Miz getting beat. But uh, really, the highlight was uh, I, I thought was the highlight of the show was the very next match. Uh, I think should have been the main event, but uh, definitely was the best match of the night. We had the first round uh, continuing of the Intercontinental Championship tournament. Obviously, Sami Zayn's title being held in abeyance. If you want to look up what that word is, uh, I'm gonna do so, it right now. <laughs> yeah. AJ Styles going up against Shinsuke Nakamura. And I mean, it's hard to go wrong with these guys. Obviously, they had a WrestleMania match uh, a couple years ago and uh, was a little underdelivered, but man, this match was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, very hard hitting match. Uh, started out pretty slow paced, uh, you know, just kind of exchanging holds. Um, and yeah, they just, just very hard hitting match. Uh, just you know, kept grappling with each other at one point. Uh, uh, Styles like he he got hit with a he he hit him with a hard forearm, got a near fall. Uh, Nakamura was able to hit a Mitch Noku driver for a near fall, set it for the Kinshasa, but um, Styles rolled him up for a near fall. Uh, Nakamura like put him in a triangle. Styles reversed it into a modified Styles clash. Like he had his arm trapped. It looked really cool. Like just the way he countered out of it. Yeah, it's uh, my favorite part he, of the match. Yeah, like it was just really cool looking. I haven't seen that before. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Styles got on the apron, setting up for the phenomenal forearm, but uh, Nakamura cut him off, uh, tried to hit like a Kinshasa, you know, to Styles on the apron, but Styles was able to hit him, uh, send him, like he hit him, I guess kicked him and sent him back. And uh, Styles was able to jump up, hit a phenomenal forearm, and pick up the win. So Styles is advancing here. Uh, he's going to take on Elias in the semifinals, but just an awesome match. Um, these two know each other so well, so they just put on a really good match, and it was very lengthy. Uh, so if you get a chance, go watch it, because it was uh, definitely the best match, in my opinion, on the show. I agree with you, because I think, you know, going into this matchup, I, I actually figured that AJ Styles would win, but, you know, with the way him and uh, Nakamura uh, battled each other, there were some points where, and I was like, oh man, maybe it's going to be Shinsuke who's going to win this. But um, yeah. you're right. The match is very lengthy, but I think it's a must see. It was oh, really yeah, good. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't feel lengthy. Don't get me wrong. It was, mm-hmm. it was a long match, but it was a good match. So mm-hmm. 
uh, the length did not bother me at all. Uh, but yeah, so AJ Styles, like I said, going up against Elias. Uh, and I honestly, so he's been traded to SmackDown and for a, that basically because they don't know who to trade at this point and they're going to figure somebody <laughs> out later. They, they say that uh, Styles was traded to SmackDown for a what future consideration or something yeah, like that. Yeah, some, something like that. I guess because they didn't want to do the whole, you know, the the brand to brand invitation with Styles since he could win the title, I guess. I don't know, but it's very confusing. I wish they would just let people go from show to show from time yeah. to time. Like, who cares? Or, or do trades pretty often. Like, just do a one for one trade. Give, give, uh, I mean, hey, they took, Raw took Apollo. Just trade Apollo for Styles or something. Or, you know, there we go. Shorty G and Apollo for Styles. Like, I don't know. There's ways they could do it, but they tend to do it a silly way, but. Uh, whatever. So uh, I'm not sure though if Styles is a babyface, uh, if he's a good guy here, because uh, he worked this match just pretty straight down the middle, didn't really try to cheat much or anything. And he wasn't like a, you know, a really bad guy or anything. So I don't know. Maybe he's a good guy now, but we'll see. Um, but he's taking on Elias in the semifinals. Um, so yeah, we'll move on. We then had a recap of Bailey and Sasha confronting Charlotte from last week. And then Bailey and Sasha were in the back. Obviously, Bailey's getting ready for her match. Banks, tell her she, Banks tells her she has a great plan for the match, but Bailey cuts her off, says, Hey, I want to do this by myself tonight without your help uh, because I want to prove that I can do it without you. And Banks is like, well, You're not letting what Charlotte said get to you, are you? And uh, Bailey's like, No, but I don't want to give the, her or the fans any kind of satisfaction if you're out there and I win. Uh, so I just want to do this on my own. So Bailey goes out on her own and again, a long match and a good match. Um, the only problem I had with it, I guess, cause styles and Nakamura. So they worked their match, but styles wasn't like a clear heel to me. And really Nakamura wasn't that much of one either, I guess. Um, but I mean, he's been more of a heel consistently on SmackDown. So I could, I kind of picture Styles the face and Nakamura as the heel. Here, Charlotte to me and Bailey were both clearly bad guys, mm-hmm. and so they, they had a really long match and it was a good match, but it was against two bad guys who I was like, I don't really want to root for either one of them. So the match suffered a little bit for me, uh, but it's still a good match. So I'm not going to hate on it that much. It was just kind of hard for me to get into as much as I did Nakamura. And AJ Styles, um, I don't know. Did you feel that way, Rain, or how do you feel about it? Um, I guess for me, I, I see where you're coming from. You know, like you got these two characters who are perceived as heels. Uh, but to me, I actually was just excited to see how, like, to see which one is like the stronger heel. Yeah, I mean, um, they both did their fair share of. Like I said, Styles didn't do a whole lot in their match, but Paley and Sasha basically the story of this match was who could out cheat the other one. So it was very much a heel versus heel. At least that's how I took it. So, um, yeah. and clearly Charlotte on NXT has been a heel. Um, so I'm assuming she's a heel here. Uh, and so it was just kind of bad guy versus bad guy match uh, or bad girl versus bad girl. So, um, yeah, it, it was a good hard hitting match though. Uh, basically, um, uh, yeah, they just, they just went back and forth several times. Like I said, they, they kept trying to cheat. One would, uh, I know Charlotte got a roll up at one point and tried to grab Bailey's tights. Bailey was able to kick out and she like pointed at the ref and said like, Hey, she's trying to cheat. And they just kind of kept exchanging. Uh, then Bailey rolled up Charlotte for a near fall at one point. Um, 
and sent her basically face first into the turnbuckle. She hit her flying elbow off the top uh, for a close pin, you know, hit her with some hard chomps. Uh, Charlotte was like at one point, like on the mat, like lack of days ago, almost like she was almost out, I guess from the elbow and she was kind of laughing and Bailey kept hitting her. Bailey actually went for the figure four leg lock, mm-hmm. but Charlotte was able to hit her with a right hand. Um, then Charlotte got up, you know, gave Bailey back some hard chops, tried to roll Bailey up, but Bailey reversed it, held onto the ropes. And so she, in the end, was able to out cheat Charlotte Flair, held on the ropes and picked up the win. So, um, yeah, I mean, a good, good match, like I said, but then like at the end as well, Charlotte like wasn't angry. She just got, got up smiling and Bailey like got out of there, you know, with the win. I don't know. Like it just kind of fell flat for me in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like I said, it, it, it's hard for me to get into cause they were both bad, uh, bad girls. And um, it was just kind of a roll up win. And then Charlotte didn't seem too bothered by it. She was just kind of smiling afterwards. Uh, obviously I think it's just cause she was like, you know, I don't know if she's supposed to be like proud of Bailey for, you know, out cheating her or what, but maybe it could just, be that. Yeah. I think, so, you know, this, this is, past year i think it's been like a journey for bailey to be to to who she is right now and i think um charlotte is on on this match that was her opportunity to kind of bring out like the i guess the worst from bailey yeah if that, if that know, makes sense. yeah yeah i could see that. that yeah uh um, i don't know i just kind of like i said Bad guy versus bad guy in a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, I just couldn't get as much into it, especially like when they're both cheating and like I can't even work yeah, for you somebody. Don't know what you but... root for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. uh, but in the end, Bailey picked up the win here. So, uh, the, and the champion of SmackDown won on SmackDown. So, fine with that. And it was a good match. So, it wasn't like a complete waste of time or anything. Uh, then I probably would have been pretty angry. But uh, after the match in the back, we had Bailey running into Sasha. They're celebrating the victory. Sasha's, you know, saying, you know, you did it, Bailey. It's awesome. Then Bailey kind of looks at Banks and was like, did you not think I could do it? And Banks kind of paused for a minute. You know, she's like, uh, and Bailey's like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. And, you know, whatever. But you could see, like, Banks might not have actually believed in, you know, <laughs> believed in Bailey the whole way. So, uh, obviously, they're teasing dissension between these two for, like, mm-hmm. the hundredth time. We'll see if they actually pay it off this time. Because they've been feuding with each other, what seems like forever, but uh, we'll see. Uh, so after this, we had Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler going up against Otis and Mandy. Obviously, there's a lot of history between these four people. Um, and for the most part, the match was pretty decent. Um, uh, basically, Otis started out of the match firmly in control. Uh, basically... He, Otis controlled the match for the most part until uh, he got knocked uh, on the outside and he tried for a power slam on Ziggler, but Ziggler slipped out of it and he pushed Otis basically face first in the steps. And uh, Mandy Rose was actually the legal person at the time and she actually had control of Sonya and uh, she went out to check on Otis. Otis was, um, you know, kind of holding his shoulder and he was hurt and Mandy was checking on him, but he said, no, no, go back in the ring. He's like, go on, you know, without me, I'll be okay. I'll get up. And so Mandy went back in the ring and that's when Sonia jumped back on her and basically got back into control. So Sonia beating up on Mandy, 
uh, kept beating up on her. Otis did end up recovering and was able to get back to the apron. Uh, and then Mandy was able to fight out of Sonya's grip, get the hot tag. And Otis came in, ran wild on Ziggler, just throwing him all over the place, going crazy. And I mean, I love Otis, but it was kind of a silly mistake. He's beating up on Dolph Ziggler and he lets the guy crawl over to his corner and he tags in, uh, tags in Sonya. So Otis, who was in firm control, has to get out. Um, so, uh, and Dolph is saved by Sonya. But Mandy Kexa comes in and basically picks right back up where Otis left off. She goes after DeVille, hits a bunch of running knees. Uh, Otis and Ziggler fight on the outside. Uh, Mandy actually hits her with a knee and then sets up for her finish. But Sonya is able to fight out of it, uh, hit a knee of her own, and then hit a running knee to the back of Mandy's head. And she picks up the win. So Sonya picks up another victory over Mandy. So, uh, mm-hmm. and then obviously after the match, Otis goes in to check on Mandy and Ziggler takes a cheap shot, super kick on him. So Dolph Ziggler and Sonya here are uh, left standing and they, they pick up the win here. They leave Otis and Mandy laying in the ring. So I don't know where this is going from this point. Uh, didn't like to see Otis and Mandy get beat clean here. I mean, it's not 50, 50 booking again, which is kind of nice. Uh, Sonia obviously has the advantage over Mandy. She's beaten her twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mandy's obviously got to change something. Uh, hopefully it's not dropping Otis, but we'll see. Yeah. She needs to get that victory this? over, um, over Sonia at some point. Cause like you said, I don't know where this is going either. I don't know what the payoff would be. Um, I just find it weird that after Otis won the, uh, money in the bank, um, ladder match, um, his partner just, disappeared I, I forgot their reason as to why he said he's uh, injured i, I guess because ziggler's like final attack injured or i don't think so i think um uh so i'm, I'm assuming it's because the uh yeah when uh dolph attacked him last and like threw him into the steps and all that stuff i think they're still saying he's injured based off that i don't think he's legit injured but okay they're claiming he's injured from that attack so uh, maybe, maybe Tucker will come back and interject himself in this story. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. The only thing that I could uh, see on this one is what if Dolph Ziggler, uh, would challenge Otis for his briefcase, you know, like they, they would do another mixed tag team match because Sonya has won twice already against Mandy. Um, and you know, this mixed tag team match, you know, Sonya and, and Dolph Ziggler won. So maybe, you know, to kind of maybe spice it up a little bit more. Maybe Dolph Ziggler would challenge Otis for his money in the bank briefcase. And it yeah. I actually, I actually like that idea. Yeah. I think that'd be a good idea. They should uh, do something like that. That's the only thing I can kind of see where they're going with it. Um, but other than that, I'm not, not too sure. Uh, but yeah, hopefully they do that. Cause I think it'd be at least making things interesting, but, uh, but as right now, Otis and Mandy not looking so good. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we also then got a Forgotten Sons promo. Again, they had to do the uh, WWE does not agree with the, whatever they say <laughs> thing. <sighs> whatever. Uh, but they cut a promo talking about you know Memorial Day and how they serve their country, but still felt that they are not being respected. So uh, it was fine. It was a little short promo. Nothing too uh, notable about it. Um Obviously, uh, we got word that Braun Strowman versus Miz Morrison is now official for Backlash. So Renee interviewed Miz and Morrison in the back. They promised to defeat him at Backlash. They did the Miz and Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho chant uh, as Renee walked off. Uh, 
Um, and then we got a recap of Sheamus versus uh, Jeff Hardy, their feud, and you know Hardy's return, Sheamus being unhappy with it. And that leads us to our main event. Um, <clears throat> I think, so I, I said earlier in the show, I thought AJ and Nakamura probably should have finished the show, especially in hindsight. Because uh, this match, it wasn't bad, I guess. It was a lot like... It was a lot like Jeff Hardy versus um, uh, Cesaro at the Money in the Bank pre-show to where Hardy got beat up through most of the match. I mean, like 90% of the match. Uh, He he took a beating. Very slow pace, kind of dragged some points. Um, Basically, it was, you know, Sheamus dominated the whole match, was in control, but just couldn't quite get Hardy put away. And so toward the end of the match, uh, you know, Hardy started to get a second wind. He hit her whisper in the wind. He tries to fight back. Sheamus kind of kept cutting him off. Uh, you know, hit him with the Irish curse backbreaker. He, he, you know, hit his forearms to the chest, just, just beating the crap out of Jeff Hardy. Uh, finally, he missed a charge in the corner, goes shoulder first in the post. Then Hardy started to make his comeback. Uh, he had a drop kick on the outside, attempted a swanton bomb. Sheamus got his knees up and got a near fall. Uh, then Sheamus hit him with what was almost like a bro kick, but it was a knee uh, to Hardy. Got another near fall. Then he went for the actual bro kick. Hardy avoided it, was able to roll up Sheamus and picked up the win. So Hardy advances in the IC title tournament, but it was not a convincing win. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Sheamus comes back and plays a part in this tournament. Uh, maybe is, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like this was a blow off to the feud like this, you know, this feud is over with because Hardy really didn't convince me that he's the better wrestler. He kind of got lucky. So I don't yeah, know. Like that is true. Uh, and honestly, I feel like his match with Cesaro was a little bit better because uh, at least he convincingly won in the end of that match. Uh, and it was just like a better paced match. This one was kind of slow at times. Uh, not the best way to end the show, but it was fine. Uh, again, another lengthy match. They at least got to work and tell a story. Uh, but really, the story was Sheamus dominated. So we'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, they do with this feud going forward. But at least for now, Jeff Hardy going to face Daniel Bryan in the next round of the semifinals. Uh, what do you think of this match, Reen? Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I, I don't think this should have been the uh, main event for. Um, for I think it's just because the story was so, like, built up. They felt it needed yeah. to be, or is Styles Nakamura. Obviously, they have a big history, but they didn't really have much of a story. So, uh, well, I, think I could re- see that. Wrestling-wise, I think Styles and Nakamura, you know, I think they performed much better oh, uh, yeah. compared to Sheamus and, and Hardy. Just because Sheamus dominated the match. And then all of a sudden, like you said, Hardy just lucked out. Yeah. So, to me, it was like for a main event, I was like, uh, really? But I am just thinking that. You know how like they've been building up Jeff Hardy for for the last few weeks, uh, you know his redemption and how he he's trying to you know run for the IC title one last time, blah blah blah. Maybe this is this is WWE trying to build up Jeff Hardy to win the IC title again. It could be because um, I mean he's coming back, he's trying to make a comeback, and you know he's cl- kind of clearly said it's one last run, so. If they give him one less run with the IC belt, I mean, I'd be fine with that. Uh, so maybe that's their idea. And maybe coming out of it, Sheamus, you know, is his first opponent. Um, yeah. 
we'll see. I'd also like to see Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles in the final, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Jeff and AJ would be pretty good too. So um, yeah. So as far as the IC title tournament, like I said, uh, in the semis, it's Elias versus AJ Styles and then Daniel Bryan and Jeff Hardy. Uh, I guess those are going to take place maybe next week or maybe we'll get one next week. But uh, overall, I thought the show this week was pretty good. Uh, it it had its, you know, some points where it wasn't that great, but nothing bad. I, I didn't think anything was like really bad that I just hated or anything. So uh, if I had to give it a grade, I would give it a B minus. Obviously, there was room for improvement, but overall, a pretty good show. Uh, what, Raiden, if you had to give it a grade, what would you give it? Um, I always give like an A, but not this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This okay. is actually going to be a B for me. Yeah. Um, I was already turned off when I did not see a tribute for um, Shad Gaspard. Um, the matches, I like the matches, although I think they could have arranged it in a different way. You know, like with uh, Styles and Nakamura being the main event and Hardy and Sheamus, you know, some, you know, maybe in the beginning of SmackDown. Um, but yeah, I think overall the show was good. Um, yeah. And the match between Bailey and Charlotte, I thought that was good too. Um, I didn't expect Bailey to win, but I was glad that Charlotte lost because she's always she had been winning a lot lately, and to me, at some point, she had to lose to someone, and and right. losing to Bailey was unexpected, and I thought that was actually yeah. that was actually cool. Yeah. So, uh, and I did, I do want to make a correction because, uh, but I mean, still kind of, uh, you know, not totally against my point of earlier, but I did look it up and they actually did have a memoriam for Shad during the show. It was, I believe it was before the Forgotten Sons promo, but uh, I tend to fast because I, I DVR the shows uh, and then I'll watch them usually later on. And uh, so I'll fast forward to the commercials so I must have fast forwarded past it and caught the beginning of the Forgotten Sons promo because uh, I definitely fast forwarded and saw the that they gave the warning again this week mm-hmm. for you know Forgotten Sons views. So I would like to say if the memoriam is at least that short uh, and they didn't pay more tribute to the dude, especially after what he did, uh, I'm still kind of disappointed. But they actually did do a memoriam for him on okay. the show, okay. so at least they did that. But Still would have liked to see a little bit more, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, we'll go and move right into Raw this week. Um, I mean, I saw, like I said, I, I didn't watch the show in its entirety, but um, I sh- saw the highlights of the show. And I did see that, uh, though last week I said that it was a good show, just had a lot of short matches. Mm-hmm. This week still had a couple short matches, which is, which is fine. They also had some long matches. So, hey, I mean... Last week was all short matches. If they can mix in a few that are a little bit longer, I'm cool with that. Uh, but yeah, take us through it, Rain. What, what uh, you could walk us through what happened on Raw this week? Yeah. So um, since it was a Memorial Day um, yesterday, no, what's today? No, on Monday. <laughs> yeah. So the Monday Night Raw started with a tribute to the vets, remembering those who made the ultimate sacrifice, and then we open up to the performance center and we see the NXT superstars. Um, fans finally yeah we have fans right (laughs) yeah (laughs) aka copied you finally (laughs) yep (laughs) 
but there's also plexiglass surrounding the arena and the and the um and the ramp which i thought that was actually cool um yeah i kind of too it's like a hockey game yeah it's like they're trying to test out what how things are going to be after this whole you know pandemic and things are never going to be the same again so i think that was a good um test for wwe to see how it will be once we have people in the arena and also for for us the audience to see all right you know what yeah i don't think going to a wrestling event will be the same ever again because you know people are probably going to be freaked out about sitting right next to someone you know practicing a safe social distance but i thought that was that was really nice um that they finally did that and so we have the kevin owens show to start off the show and kevin owens brought out Asuka to talk about what happened last week on Raw when Nia Jax crashed Asuka's celebration as the new yeah. Raw Women's Champion with uh, Kyrie Sane. But then the Queen ended up crashing Asuka's <laughs> interview and she pretty much reminded Asuka that which, she has Which never Kevin Owens, I will note, completely understood Asuka because he was uh, acknowledging everything she said. So he must speak fluent Japanese. Did he wrestle in Japan? I can't remember if he actually did not. I would I would assume he did at least one trip over there, but I can't remember. Okay. He might speak okay. Japanese. I don't know. Okay. He, he didn't play it off like he did. He kind of was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, uh, but he might be able to. I'm not sure. But, uh, but uh, sadly, Oscar did not get to cut much. Like you said, she didn't get to cut much of a promo because Charlotte did interrupt her. Yeah, and then here comes Natalia, which I immediately asked myself why. Like, why yeah. is she? a part of this triple threat match. She um, lost last week to Shayna. Yeah. And, uh, also, did you notice Kevin Owens, as soon as she started coming out, he started putting his props away. <laughs> she destroyed yes. the set last week. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. So and he took then, the signs down. Yeah. And then Natalia was trying to apologize about her actions last week, but the queen also shut her up. And then here comes Nijax and she taunted Asuka. And then we had a brawl to end the segment. Yeah. And, so then we move on to an interview with uh, Apollo Crews. So he's showing us his confidence has as to how he will be the next United States champion, which personally for me, I thought that was good because, you know, all I could remember was just him just really upset when he lost his shot at the Money in a Bank pay-per-view. And then just right. seeing him with that light of positivity, you know, as, you know, to just have a chance to win his first WWE title. That was really nice. Yeah. And then I thought it was, I don't know if you had the same feeling, but um, did you kind of somewhat feel that Apollo Crews was actually going to win? I was really hoping he would. Um, and he's been, it, it is a weird like juxtaposition because he's, he's on raw now. He's been doing great. I mean, he's, really had his best run in WWE, you know, those, these last couple of weeks and even before, you know, the money in the bank situation. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't think his injury was legitimate the first time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know why they actually took him out of the money in the bank. I wish he kind of would have been there. Uh, maybe they're trying to protect him, but uh, it's, it's very much a better position for him to be in uh, than him losing to Sheamus in a handicap match with Shorty G on his team on SmackDown. Like, it's just very, it's funny, but like aggravating to me that like Apollo Cruz 
look, he's been looking great. I'm happy for him. But it's just like, see what you could do with a guy that's like as talented as he is. If you just push him, if you mm-hmm. just let him be himself. I mean, I, I hope that they learn from this. And I don't know, somebody like Ricochet or Cedric Alexander or uh, Shorty G, a.k.a. Chad Gable. They let these guys who are extremely talented just go out there and do their thing. Like they just have to like, maybe this guy will show them the way because he's been doing really good lately and he did great in this match. Yeah, I agree. And and I think in this match, um, they actually let Apollo Crews shine because yeah, for sure. Him, yeah, him and Andrade were going back and forth, and Apollo Crews started off as being the dominant guy in a match, and then we got to a point where in Zelina Vega does her old her good old like distraction um and she ended up getting hit by andrade after apollo cruz kicked andrade and so zelina ends up on the floor and andrade tried to help her and then we now have andrade trying to avenge you know for zelina vega but apollo cruz recovered and then towards the end we see him slamming andrade this is impressive. He slams Andrade and he hits the moonsault and then a standing shooting star press. That was amazing. Like that was yeah. like just looking at that to me was like, okay, wow, you lost your shot at the money to bank pay-per-view, but WWE gave you your spotlight this time. Yeah. And now he's the new United States champion. I'm, I'm really happy for him because apparently this is his first WWE title, and he has been with the company for, I think, 11 years. Yeah, and he said that he got a promo after the match and said it was 11 years of hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he finally got here, and he was, excuse me, he was happy to say it was his first title win. Uh, and, I mean, he says he's the new United States champion, and just, like, just screamed and said, like, oh, it's so good to hear that. I mean, like, felt very genuine. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I was happy for the guy. And, like I said, He's been great, you know, performing the last couple of weeks now that he's got the chance to, and he's not, you know, just Seamus's, you know, beat up dummy or whatever. Like <laughs> he, he's actually going out there and shining and he's looking really good. And like I said, this, it's just an example of like, if you use somebody to their potential, like this guy who's like, I mean, just look at the dude, he looks awesome. Mm-hmm. He, he's got incredible ability. Like just let him do his thing. And he, I mean, they don't have a crowd right now. They've got, I mean, they've got the NXT people, but not the people at home. But I would imagine if they had an arena full of people, you know, you know, as they used to have like in the normal WWE days, uh, I think the fans would have gone crazy and really cheered for this guy. And I think he would have gotten over. So hopefully WWE learns from this and shows that, uh, you know, a guy like this can get over, can be a good champion. You just got to give him a chance. So, uh, yeah, I was really happy with this. Had a really good long match with Andrade. They both did great. So, yeah, two thumbs up. I like this yeah. a lot. And while Paul Cruz was celebrating, you see Andrade throwing a tan- uh, tantrum backstage. <laughs> yeah. funny. And I'm sure it's not the last of their feud, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. <laughs> and then we see Seth Rollins. So he's oh, calling boy. for a celebration because his feeling Matt's favorite wrestler. better. <laughs> yeah. He's feeling a whole lot better after being in a dark place. And I'm assuming he's referring to losing to Kevin Owens. So right. he's he's owing all of this thanks to um, Rey Mysterio's uh, sacrifice. 
So pretty much he's, he's referring Rey Mysterio as a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, his and, unwilling sacrifice uh, of his eyeball. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really, I don't know, it was like really creepy. But at the same time, Seth Rollins has played this character so well. I hope Matt is listening right now. I I am glad he's done doing the burn it down gimmick because I think as delusional as he sounds being the Monday Night Messiah, I think it works for him. Yeah. Because this I promo mean... to me was like so, oh my God, you're so freaking creepy. But at the same time, it's like it works. And then he introduced yeah. Austin Theory as his new disciple alongside uh, Buddy Murphy. Right. And uh, by the way, Rain is just Murphy now. Remember, he doesn't. Oh, have yeah. First name Murphy. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, no. Yeah. I mean, I agree to an extent. I think he's better with with like Buddy and uh, or sorry, Murphy. <laughs> and uh, see, I can't even do it. <laughs> Murphy and uh, Austin Theory. Uh, I think Seth's good when he's got a team around him like this. Um, I just the if it's, the Monday Night Messiah gimmick is not. I just don't want him to be the monotones like he for a while he was doing like the monotone Chris Jericho heel thing mm-hmm. and it wasn't working. Like I want to see I want to see him be more charismatic. I want to see him be more ruthless at times. And he showed some of that tonight. So that's that's at least in the right direction. Um, so yes, to that extent. Uh, I think it's going better for him. He's he's trying to figure it out. Uh, but yeah, so um, and he actually said in the promo they're going to make examples out of Umberto and Alistair tonight. So they're going to have a, a tag match. Uh, sorry, Murphy and uh, Austin Theory are. So uh, he plugged that match tonight too. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty good promo. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we um, had an interview um, between Charlie Caruso and, and Charlotte Flair. I'm just kidding. Charlotte Flair. Uh, <laughs> about... <laughs> Uh, her thoughts of being a double champ and this is the time for oscar to interrupt a queen she comes in and told charlotte red is not your color which <laughs> i thought that was that was hilarious but yep. um and charlotte didn't have anything to say about that and then so we come back from commercial we see the iconics apologize to each other which tells me that they're still you know they're still going to they're still going to stick together, and I, I right. kind of got worried last week when um, they lost to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and and, and Billy Kay slapped Peyton Royce because yeah. I thought this duo is because I know they're they're real life best friends. So to me, it's like oh man, don't break them apart. And so this Rain, segment... why would why would WWE ever break up a tag team? I don't. Why would you think they would even do that? <laughs> They never do that, right? <laughs> nope, they don't. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, I I feared the worst as well when uh, they you know, when Billy slapped Peyton last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least for the moment, they're still together. It appears so. At least they got that going for them. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> they might break them up. Who knows? It's yeah, yeah. I don't want to see them broken up. I think they are a fine tag team together. There's no reason to break them up. Just let them do their thing. But yeah, they're back together now. So hopefully mm-hmm. they stay together. And then um, here comes Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And this became a great promo opportunity for, for Nikki Cross because oh, yeah. at, at first she was trying to talk and, and, and the Iconics were pretty much telling him her, no, shut up, let 
you know, Alexa Bliss talk and, and Nikki Cross just stood up for herself and pretty much stated as to how she survived and scratched and clawed her way into WWE and how Lexi helped her and their friendship is pretty much iconic. <laughs> but yeah. so the, yeah, I, I thought that was really nice that they gave Nikki Cross a chance to, to speak up for herself. And she got a good promo. Like she just, you know, a very fiery promo. Obviously she's a fiery personality. She, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she like cut off the iconics cause they were trying to get her to stop talking. And she was like, no, I'm not going to stop. Took mm-hmm. over. And I mean, Alexa just stood there, didn't say anything, but mm-hmm. it was great. She was just sitting there smiling. And Nikki said, just like you said, she had to scratch and call her way uh, into WWE where she said, you know, at least Peyton and Billy had each other the entire way. She didn't have anybody. And then mm-hmm. she met Alexa. Uh, you know, they. she said Alexa taught her about, you know, she said she was bouncing off the walls. Alexa kind of helped her calm down a little bit. Whereas Nikki feels like she taught Alexa how to you know, be friends, which is great because obviously Alexa had the, you know, she was the mean girl at one point. So Nikki said, we, you know, I like to think we taught each other something and she had to jab at the Iconics by saying, uh, you know, that's the most iconic thing I can think of. And so the, the Iconics were just like, oh, they couldn't believe it. Uh, I really liked the promo. The only thing I didn't like was right after this, uh, Billy and Peyton snapped and they just beat him up. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, at least like, let him like hit him with the microphone or, you know, fake like you're going to walk away and attack him from behind. Like they just beat him up. And I was like, <sighs> honestly, like uh, other than the last week when Alexa and Nikki clearly had the match won, which obviously led to uh, Peyton stepping in and saving Billy Kay from losing and then, you know, getting himself disqualified. But it's not like Alexa and Nikki have looked that great through this feud. And this was like another, I came out, I, Nikki came out, got a great promo and then she got beat up again. And I don't know. I didn't like the way it ended. I, I liked the segment because Nikki, like you said, she got to shine, but mm-hmm. she just got beat up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, I mean, I think WWE is just like struggling to pretty much have to make the women's tag team titles relevant, to be honest with yeah. you. And and this is like a poor way of just forcing it without trying to build up this story. Yeah. You know, to make it more, to make the, um, to make it more rewarding in the end. So I think yeah. that's why there's just this random like attack from, from the Iconics. But maybe they'll get their, uh, their rematch, maybe at Backlash. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. And we'll probably see some singles matches leading up to that in the next mm-hmm. couple weeks, but. I just don't like how Alexa and Nikki really haven't, they've kind of been, you know, dominated by the Iconics since they came back. So uh, other than obviously Bliss did have the match one last week, but she just got beat up at the end of it. So I, I don't know, like they just haven't, they haven't shown much as far as champions go. And we know how Matt loves champions in WWE. They get beat up all the time. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm right there with him. So wish they would have uh, at least gotten something out of this. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we come back from break, and then we see a picture of remembering Shad Gaspard. Um, uh, I don't know if they also had like a short tribute, because I didn't see that tribute that you were talking about earlier that they did on SmackDown, because you know, I was just kind of scrolling through my DVR yeah. as well. So I would I'm imagine it's sh- the same thing. Yeah, it might be, because 
you know, if, if it was really short, I might have fast forwarded through it. I don't know, but that's that's the only thing that I saw. Um, but I, I still think that Shad, you know, somehow deserves maybe a, a feature on WWE Network. Yeah. Um, and then so we move on to the VIP lounge with uh, MVP and his guest, the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. So it seems like MVP is still hurt because Drew McIntyre turned down his offer of being his mentor or, or I guess manager and, and getting claymored. That's a word now, apparently. Uh, so <laughs> now it makes more sense as to why MVP is, is grooming Bobby Lashley to, to beat Drew McIntyre. But then Drew reminded MVP that he doesn't need anyone to talk for him and to kiss his behind. I'm not sure yeah. if I'm allowed to say it, but behind. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt will probably bleep it. So. <laughs> um, so Lashley then comes out, but Drew McIntyre shuts up MVP with a claymore kick. So I thought that was, I'm kind of torn about this segment. Um, I don't know if Bobby Lashley should have just stayed in, you know, in the back, but I guess they're trying to, you know, build up this feud between the two. So I don't know. What do you think about it? Yeah, it's kind of, I'm right there with you. Like it's, I don't mind. I mean, I think Lashley and McIntyre, uh, they actually wrestled in um, TNA, I believe, when they, mm, okay, before they okay. came out of WWE. Um, but I'm sure they'll put on a great match. They're both, you know, good wrestlers. Um, I think they'll be good together. So I don't mind. And I don't really mind MVP being involved. It's weird, though, that, like, he, he kind of feels like he's kind of being crowbarred into it. There's not much history. Like, now he's just supposed to be, like, a Paul Heyman for, you know, mm-hmm. Lashley. And... And, and where does Lana play in this? She she was there, uh, had like a little bit of a interaction with MVP before, but not. I mean, she's just kind of thrown to the wayside. I don't know if they're like done with her, and you know they're going to get rid of her because they got rid of Rusev or mm-hmm. what. I, I don't know, but um, yeah. I mean, I think Lashley and McIntyre will put on a good match, but uh, yeah. I mean, as far as the segment, it, it was okay, not bad. Uh, McIntyre didn't look bad, so I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, it's great to see that McIntyre can actually, you know, speak for himself. Yeah. You know, because now that he's a champion, he should, you know. I mean, even before this, I I always thought he was good with the microphone anyway, but I think he's gotten better too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then now we move on to uh, Natalia, who missed her interview because her husband, Tyson Kidd, randomly called her about her temper tantrum last week. So I don't know what this whole thing about Natalia just being, you're having temper issues and just being like not herself is going to go. I'm curious to find out, but I don't really know if I care either. (laughs) I kind of want to say that, but I don't know if I care. Well, they've done this several times with Natalia where she's not respected and she's really not respected. uh, Let's Mm -hmm. be honest by, I mean, she's never really gotten, I think when she first started, she got a Divas title run. But like, other than that, like she hasn't really, she just, she's, you know, the veteran of the women's division. She's kind of expected to put over people like Charlotte and Nia and all this stuff. And she's just not more than that. And I guess they're trying to give her something, but yeah, I'm kind of there with you. It's not working for me, but Hey, I will say it's better. I don't know if you, we're watching when they did this. I know it was a while ago. I don't even remember how many years ago it was, 
But at one point, they actually tried to do a farting gimmick with Natalia. Oh my god! Yeah, where she would like, like out of like uncontrollably pass mm-hmm. gas in like promos and stuff. Uh, luckily, it was short lived. It didn't last very long, and uh, at least this is not that because that was probably the low point of her career. Mm-hmm. Even if there was like a short period, and luckily they didn't go with it. <laughs> but uh, so this is better than that. Uh, I could say that's about as much as I could say for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I like Natalia. I think, yeah, I think she has a lot to offer considering her background too. But I think I was always at the point where, in okay, they're building up Natalia. They're they're you know doing something about her, and then nothing. And I think maybe I'm just over it now. I'm like she's okay. like the female Cesaro. Yeah. So they, <laughs> she's a good wrestler and she could go in there with anybody, have, you know, put on a good match when she needs to, but she, I don't know. They just won't let her, she, they won't push her to the top or anything, or at least give her like something good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I totally agree. So hopefully there's, you know, something good comes out out of this. But yeah. um, so now we go to uh, Kevin Owens versus Angel Garza. And then before the break, we actually see Angel Garza attacking Kevin Owens from behind and hitting Owens's uh, left knee. So that yeah. pretty much gave Angel Garza the advantage during the match because he pretty much focused on Kevin Owens's knee and dominated the beginning of the match. But then Kevin somehow he was able to fight back on one leg, but Angel Garza, he ends up getting, or he ends up um, hitting the super kick on, on Kevin Owens, and then we kind of saw some sort of hope for Kevin Owens as he was able to hit the senton, but Angel Garza hit the wing clipper and ended up getting the victory. Um, I think Zelina and, and Angel Garza and Andrade I think that is a better faction versus having Austin Theory. And then now that they're trying to go after uh, Kevin Owens, I think that might be a good route for them, for this faction to kind of build up momentum. Because before I was kind of confused as to what, who are they really aiming for? What are they trying to do? But now it seems like, okay, seems like they're building like a rivalry against Kevin Owens. So I thought that was, that was a good segment for, for Garza and uh, Owens to kind of build that up. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, the, the injured knee played the story in the match. Uh, and Owens did a good job of selling it the whole time. And it actually led mm-hmm. to the finish because he, he went for the pop up power bomb first and that's what led, but he wasn't able to hit it because of his leg. Mm-hmm. So Garza was able to hit his finish, but yeah, I mean, Biggest win for Angel Garza. I mean, being a formal, you know, former Universal Champion or, or WWE Champion uh, in Kevin Owens. So, I mean, a big win. And I'm with you. I, I like Angel Garza. I like Selena Vega. I like Andrade. Even though Andrade lost the title, I think they're a strong faction together. So, I like this mm-hmm. team. Uh, so, yeah, maybe they'll, you know, pair Kevin Owens and Apollo uh, again and work kind of a program in tandem. Uh, maybe. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I liked, even though the match was short, it, it was good for what it needed to be. Uh, and I like Angel Garza. So I, I was happy with this. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good buildup for, for the next few weeks. Yeah. So, and then from there, we go to the Street Profits versus the Viking Raider, Raiders. We're in anything you can do, we can do better tournament. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so for the last few weeks, I thought this segment was actually funny, but this <laughs> this segment on Monday Night Raw, this this last one where, where Endy went golfing, I thought that was the funniest out of all episodes or segments. Um, they the Viking Raiders pretty much sucked with at golf, <laughs> so they got kicked out and ended up they, moving they to sure the golf course. They were no good. I I thought that was really funny. And in the end, the Street Profits won. And I don't know, the way they made this whole thing, you know, the video package leading up to the segment, it's kind of like there was a, a feel of like of it being like a sports package. But also yeah. it's, you know, you know, it's just like a little, uh, you know, it's a joke, but <laughs> there was a little feel of that whole, okay, we're about to see like something, you know, iconic sports wise here but yeah it was hilarious I, I i love how they're trying to build up a story between the viking raiders and street profits without you know the the usual back and forth of of talking trash or, yeah. or just you know just fighting each other i i thought that was good yeah I, I mean i'm there with you i obviously the the basketball segment was okay it was definitely better than you know karaoke so and the SNL Street Profits, uh, but I enjoyed last week the uh, the axe, axe throwing. throwing. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed this one. Uh, I mean, like when the Viking Raiders, it, like uh, I believe it was Ivar was like just like taking a swing at the uh, with his golf club at the ball and missing and just like basically dug a hole with it, and then he hit a ball and hit a guy in the back. And they tried to get up and jump in the golf carts and run away, and they popped the back tire in it. Uh, like, it's crazy. The only thing, like, it's just, it's very entertaining for sure. Mm-hmm. I just, and I don't know if I said it last week, but it, it was in my mind, and it definitely is this week too. I don't know how this is going to lead back to the wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny. I like it. I mean, they're entertaining guys, but uh, I mean, both of them. But I just don't know, like, and it makes me like both of them a lot, which is great, especially if they're supposed to be like babyface tag teams. But like, how are they going to get to a match? And then what's going to make us care about a fighting feud between these guys? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure the ending match can be as good as these segments. And that's the kind of downside. So it, it's entertaining. So I'm not going to hate on it too much, but I just... I'm not sure how it's going to get back to the ring and how they're going to, I mean, maybe they're going to end up tying in this challenge some somehow. And then there'll be like, well, mm-hmm. let's settle it in the ring. In the That's ring, what yeah. they're going to, you know, have, and then actually have like a trophy or something, uh, or like the, the, you know, the tag team titles will be up for grabs for the, the actual, you know, you know, the challenge trophy or something. I don't know, but so, Yeah. I like the segments. They're entertaining. These two guys are great in these type of segments. And WWE, when they try to do comedy, as they as we saw on SmackDown with the horrible puppets that they came, they trotted out. This is actually good comedy. I think uh, it's been successful. So at least they're doing that well. Uh, so if they've done it the last couple of weeks, I'm fine with it. So yeah, I can't get, I can't handle the segment too bad. But I, I just. I'm worried that the final match might not be as good as these segments, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, because right now you can't really tell. I also loved how guy. they came out there and the the uh, they were kicking him off the course, and they're like, 
the guy was like, that's it. You broke my golf cart at the tire pot. He's like, there are turkey legs everywhere. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just totally accepting it. So, uh, and then obviously, Viking Raiders did not beat the Street Profits here. Uh, they got dominated. So, uh, yeah, very entertaining segment. So, it, yeah, it's funny. So, if you want to go watch it, for sure, it's worth it. I think it's it was good. Yeah, and speaking of comedy, well, we see Lana handing oh, a bag God. of ice to MVP. Every time I see Lana, I just laugh now. Before, I'm like, oh, man, really? Now it's just funny to me because I think <laughs> when MVP got into the picture between La- uh, Lana and Lashley, I thought that was Lash- Lashley's saving grace. And it's uh-huh. just funny to see. I-, I think Lana, she does like a really good job of like playing how annoyed she is. And for uh-huh. some reason, it just makes me laugh. I guess because of what, how her character is in the WWE. But yeah, so she hands a bag of ice to MVP who got claymored. And and we see how MVP and Lashley, they just don't really care about her. And, nope. and, and, you know, and about Lana helping them out. So, of course, we see Lana's face and she was just so mad. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's any other fans out there like me who are just who's just laughing in my living room because Lana was upset, <laughs> but I thought that was funny. Yep. She definitely freaked out. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and so we move on to, um, Murphy and theory versus Carrillo, Humberto Carrillo and Alistair black. So going into the match, we see Seth Rollins coming out with Ray Mysterio's mask to accompany his disciples, Murphy and, and, and theory. So, this is pretty much Murphy and Theory representing the Monday Night Messiah. And right. then you have Carrillo and Alistair Black representing Rey Mysterio. And this is actually one of my favorite matches of the night. And you know, I love seeing the teamwork between Murphy and Theory because, if I'm not mistaken, this is just their first time teaming up because Theory is the new disciple of Seth Rollins. And Carrillo and Black, I, I thought they were working really well, but I think Theory and Murphy as a tag team kind of got the more got the um, got the spotlight here because yeah. even though at some point Alistair Black kind of used them against each other, in the end, I, I I thought that Austin Theory and and Murphy they're fit to be Seth Rollins' uh, disciples. Right, and 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 they were playing that character so well, as they're you know, fighting uh, Carrillo and 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 uh, Alistair Black, and towards the end, because um, Alistair Black was putting in the work, and then he tags in Humberto Carrillo. Uh, Austin Theory was able to hit the ATL Austin Theory launch, and then he got the victory, and then after the match, we got Seth Rollins and his disciples holding Humberto Carrillo and pretty much threatening to injure Carrillo's eye same way as what happened to Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And he warned Alistair Black to not force him to sacrifice Carrillo for the greater good. That was yeah. so twisted. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Alistair came in, he grabbed a chair and was going after him. And that's when Rollins, as mm-hmm. you said, like told him, stay back, put the chair away, slide out of the ring, or we're going to, do it to Carrillo. Uh, my only complaint, I like this. I like Seth Rollins, like 
sinister, you know, attack, you know, on Carrillo. I mean, he looked like he was going to do it. I at least they would have done. I wish they would have done something to Carrillo. I didn't like that they. And I don't know, maybe they will. Okay. Yeah, like Ron threatened him, and then like Alistair stopped, and then they they actually just let him go. And I was like, he would kind of be more. He would at least give the more bad guy persona if he would have actually been like, okay, like once your guard's down, then we'll still do it. You know, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then it would really gotten the heat. But uh, yeah, it's still fine. It wasn't you know wasn't too bad. I wish the match would have gotten a little bit more time because it was one of the shorter matches on the show, but uh, it was fine for what it was. Uh, I'm sure we'll see more of these guys getting involved. And uh, yeah, obviously Rey Mysterio might get involved uh, as well at some point. But uh, yeah, I thought the match was fine. Yeah, I totally agree with you too. I mean, I wish they wouldn't just let Korea go. Like I figured it would have been more effective if they still did something to him because Alistair Black, you know, let his guard down by, you know, letting the chair go and kicking out, kicking it outside the ring. But uh, yeah, we'll see maybe next week, maybe Ray Mysterio would actually come back and I don't know, do something about these uh, three fools. But (laughs) anyway, let's move on to Edge cutting his promo about him wanting to prove himself to his own self, and then at Backlash, he will try to dig deeper. Because it seems like... I don't know. I I can tell that with this promo, I can see how Edge is scared of getting into that one-on-one match against Randy Orton. And I like seeing Edge doubting his own self because... He's usually the guy who's just like tough and he's the ultimate opportunist. And to see this guy just pretty much scared, not sure if he can actually beat Randy Orton one on one at Backlash, that to me sells the match. I want to see the match without the whole, you know, uh, cat and mouse chase of, 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 you know, between the two. I like seeing him just scared, not even sure if he can do it. Right. And in the stat that he he actually mentioned, he said he has been retired for three thousand two hundred and twelve days, and during that time, Randy has competed in one thousand one hundred twenty six matches. And I yep. guess that's that's something that has gotten to his head. We're in, you know, I've been gone for so long. How do I beat someone who has more than a thousand matches? You know, on one night, one on one. Yeah, I like this promo. Like, Edge is cutting good promos mm-hmm. since he's come back. Uh, he's always, you know, passionate about him. He's he's always been pretty good promo. Um, I, I just don't buy the story mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're trying to make it sound like now that, like, Orton is going to outwork Edge and Edge isn't sure if he can keep up. And it's like, mm-hmm. you. I mean, I get that you didn't have a – what. Randy calls a straight wrestling match at WrestleMania, but mm-hmm. you still wrestled each other and you beat him and you didn't die in what's probably a more dangerous match than an actual wrestling match. So why does Edge not think he can beat Orton? I don't know. I just, I can't get into it for that reason. It, now, if it was like Randy Orton, of course it still would make as much sense, but at least if he was like 
you know, last time we got injured, it was in that wrestling ring. So I'm, you know, what's to say if we had this match, you don't go in there and I slam you in the corner or do something and it re-injure your neck, paralyze you or something like that. Are you willing to take that chance again? Then Edge is like confused or conflicted. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. He gets into his head a little bit, something like Orton coming out and saying, I could beat you in a regular wrestling match instead of the hardcore match. I don't buy it. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like it was a good promo. I just can't buy what he's saying. Like the story that they're trying to create, I'm not on board with. Or maybe because the story has been, um, I, cause I, honestly, I, I thought the story was going to end at WrestleMania. I thought that was yeah. going to be the period of, of edge versus Randy Orton. So right. maybe that's what, what's happening here too, is that why are we stretching this feud again? It could be that too, because we already got the point before WrestleMania that Edge is not. We're not sure if Edge is still going to make it. Yeah. And then now the 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 idea of this match goes back to that same point that Edge had already proven to us at WrestleMania that he can still do it. Right. So, so maybe yeah, that... and that's why that's why I can't get into it because mm-hmm. he's already proven that he could still go and he could beat Randy. So. I don't get why he's doubting himself now. Uh, so, yeah. Good promo. I just can't get into the story, at least mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on to um, the Viking Raiders telling the Street Profits that pretty much they just let them win. So they decided to actually have to go bowling next week. So I don't know if it, this is going to be like the, the same setup as axe throwing. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure they're gonna WWE is gonna do something different here because it's the Viking Raiders challenging the Street Profits, so this might be some sort of you know the Viking way of bowling. If they don't have so. like a Flintstone style <laughs> like setup where like it's like a dirt bowling alley with like yeah. pins made of turkey legs or it's like I don't know they just <laughs> they better do something like that. Like I, yeah, I kind of right? don't want to see Viking Raiders and Street Profits just at a bowling alley. Because that would be weird, right? I mean, it's already weird. Let's be honest. But <laughs> it's true. They could like just make it well, similar to how they did the axe throwing because the axe throwing was so ridiculous. I mean, they had a horse sitting there the entire time. I think they could do that with a bowling challenge. And I agree, it's it's a it's a Raiders challenge. So I think them being able to control this and having like just a Viking bowling challenge, mm-hmm. I think would be great. So uh, I still don't know how it's going to lead to a match, but. It'd be pretty funny if they did that. So so that might be the final leg of this tournament. And then they'll probably head into the ring. Because that yeah. might because at that point, they would be, well, they'll be tied if the Viking right. Raiders, uh, yeah, ends up winning. So I'm, I'm assuming that's how they're going to get to it. But it's still, like, I, I'm kind of, I like, I kind of like both these guys now. So I don't really want to see them. I, I like them as buddies <laughs> hanging out and just bowling and doing basketball. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like to see them wrestling each other and trying to kill each other. So I, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And then we'll see what's going to happen too once they actually get back in the ring. Because to, going back to your point earlier about Bailey and uh, Charlotte, who are we going to root for here? Because they're both yeah. right now good guys. Yep. And, and these segments that are good are not helping us like pick sides. <laughs> like, I kind of like both guys. So, like, yeah. So, 
yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to go, how they're going to go about it. Unless there's going to be a brawl at the bowling alley or the Viking oh, Raiders yeah, version of bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, it could but, be. But uh, so after the Raiders challenged the Street Profits, here comes MVP challenging the Street Profits to face him and Bobby Lashley in a tag match, which pretty much ends up becoming our main event of tonight. Yep. So which MVP is kind of weird, pre- but whatever. Yeah, and MVP pretty much uh, called them the Street Profits clowns. But um, so from there, we end up with uh, the triple threat match to determine the number one contender for Asuka's Raw Women's Championship. And Nia Jax pretty much dominated the match um, at the beginning of it. She slams Natalia and Charlotte onto each other. So Natalia and Charlotte ended up throwing Nia out of the ring. And then they started battling each other. And then the match got more interesting when Charlotte used the hood of the announcer's desk to attack Nia. And, and, and then Natalia and Charlotte worked together by slamming uh, Nia Jax through the announcer's table. Right. And then, so we come back from break, and then we see the Queen and Natalia battling each other. And for some crazy reason, Asuka just oddly helped Nia to get back in the ring. Because at that point, it was just not an Natalia and, and um, Charlotte Flair in the ring. And then Nia Jax was just, you know, outside because she crashed onto the announcer's table. I don't know why Asuka helped her, but when Maybe she... Maybe because she but, wants to kill Nia. So she wants to fight Nia. I think so, too. It's weird, though. Cause <laughs> I, it's I don't like... know. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make something up. Yeah, it's weird because it's like, why the whole time that this match was going, uh, Asuka was just saying, Natty, Natty, Natty. So in my head, is Asuka rooting for Natalia here? I'm so confused now. You literally helped Nia Jax to go back in the ring, to to get back in the ring. What's going on here? (laughs) So I thought the match was was a great showcase of of talent among all three women because we got to see Charlotte hitting the figure eight on Nia Jax, Natalia hitting that power bomb on Nia Jax while Charlotte was on top of Nia, and then the Samoan drop from Nia to Natalia to earn her ticket to face Asuka at Backlash. So, again, I, I still find it weird that Asuka helped Nia Jax. Um, so, there's some. Th- in my head, is Asuka scared of the queen? That's why she wanted to face Nia over Charlotte Flair? I don't know. Does she not want to face Natalia? But maybe she wants to get revenge because Nia Jax was the first woman who pretty much told her, hey, you know what? I'm better than you. I don't, I don't know why you lucked out in becoming the new Raw Women's Champion. That could be it. So Also, you, you talked about it being kind of weird that Oscar would help out Naya, but what was also weird was uh, Shayna Baszler not here at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like you said, it was kind of weird. Natalia coming out and getting involved in this whole thing. I'm assuming it's because they're trying to get this angry Natalia story mm-hmm. uh, going, but yeah, uh, Shayna was not involved at all, even though she won last week against Natalia. Against Natalia. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also, you know, tweeted about this during the show. She was not happy with it because she was like, she called out the fact that uh, all these three women were 
you know, third generation superstar. So they all had family members in WWE. So she said something on Twitter like, um, okay, all your, you know, family members had to climb the ladder for you. I have to, I guess I have to do it myself, something like that. So, uh, she probably didn't character, but still voicing her displeasure. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe they were trying to, maybe they wanted Naya and Asuka because they got the story with her and, uh, Kyrie going on. So maybe they just want to keep, uh shana away for the moment i'm not sure but she wasn't involved in this match so uh maybe she'll get involved later but yep uh naya wins this one so it's gonna be naya versus oscar at backlash yeah i'm excited to uh see what's gonna happen there and Oscar um, was happy so she's yeah she gets to kill naya now so maybe like i said maybe that's why she helped her she's she gets to kill naya at backlash for beating up Kyrie. that is true and then she gets to prove naya that you know she's the better woman Yep. So, and then, so from there, we got a look back on how the Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, won the 24 7 title. <laughs> the Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> so, I actually forgot that he won this at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but I just wish that Rob Gronkowski's promo was as good as R Truth's promo. Because it looked like he was just reading the teleprompter. And I thought that was bad. Honestly, he had his sunglasses on at this beginning of his promo. He could have kept that sunglass, his sunglasses on until his final words. Because it looked awkward. (laughs) I totally agree. He he was clearly reading like a cue card or something, Mm -hmm. a teleprompter. I don't know. But yeah, he he had sunglasses on that like these. 80s like <laughs> macho man style like yeah. ski sunglasses and he's he he starts off by saying it he says our truth more like our lies and i was just like oh my god like <laughs> maybe if this was matt riddle i could get over this but uh, and i trust me i'm a patriots fan uh of course he's not a patriot anymore but mm-hmm. i like rob gronkowski uh, but I did not like this promo. <laughs> it, was, it was awkward. He clearly was just like reading it. Uh, yeah, not not the best promo in the world. He's definitely no R Truth when it comes to it. Uh, but yeah, basically said he's ready to challenge R Truth whenever, whenever. Uh, he's got eyes in the back of his head, and then he put his sunglasses on the back of his head for some reason. Uh, so yeah, so Gronk. Still ready. I'm assuming whenever they decide to do something with the NFL uh, and like, you know, maybe they'll have training camp or something or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll they'll film something where R-Truth is able to catch Rob Gronkowski. Or maybe he'll just keep the belt through the whole season and keep it on the sideline. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, which to me, I mean, I thought WWE is trying to build up this whole 24-7 gimmick and all of a sudden it's just, you know, it's not, you know, held by an actual wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Rob Gronkowski is the new Brock Lesnar. <laughs> uh, keeping the or the keeping the 24-7 championship and uh, not wrestling on the show. That's that's a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so now we move on to uh, Kayla Braxton asking MVP as to why he would want to be in a tag match after getting Claymored. And he pretty much just responded by pointing to Bobby Lashley as the reason why. Which, what, maybe so Lashley can show the rest of the world how dominant he is. That could be it. 
or uh, maybe he he's just really I don't know maybe he thinks that Lashy would be fighting for him, which I thought when he said so. that. Well, yeah, when 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 he said that, I thought, okay, well, I guess he's not he's not really gonna fight in the match because he's pointing to Bobby Lashley. But um, I, I would there, say in his defense, I, I agree that if I had Bobby Lashley in my corner, I would be less scared <laughs> to fight somebody. That is true. But, that is yeah. true. But uh, so we move on to Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, sharing us his take on who he thinks would win. The greatest wrestling match ever. Which, until now, I'm still wondering if this is going to be the greatest wrestling match ever, by the way. But um, he he shared his thoughts on who would win between Edge and Randy Orton. And he thinks that it will be the Viper Randy Orton. Which I am not surprised, since they were all a part of Evolution years ago. Yeah, so no shocker here. Yeah. And then, so from there, we move on to a promo of The Undertaker's Last Ride, which... Have you seen it at all? I saw the first episode. I, I think episode two and three are out now, but I have not seen those. I need to go okay. and watch. Uh, I need to go and watch them. Um, yeah. I've, I've only seen the first episode as well, but I feel like I'm seeing a lot of it because they actually show us a lot of it, you know, on SmackDown or on Raw. So I feel like I'm already watching the show, but I'm still, I still plan on watching it. Maybe in the next year or two. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll review it for a uh, for a show one time. Yeah, I don't know. I'll talk to Matt about it because yeah. I mean, I, from what I hear, it's a really good documentary, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed the first episode. So I I like to see the rest of them. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Mm-hmm. And then so from these are by the way a bunch of like promos after promos after promos. So right. now we go on to Liv Morgan's promo of finding what fulfills her. He pretty much kind of mentioned that, you know, she didn't know what to do before and then she got into wrestling and now she's living her best life. And I did wish... Did she mention her mother at all? Because I actually did not she... see this. But I, I saw last she... week where she was crying, mentioning her mother, and I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be like a good promo and then like nothing came out of it and I didn't really understand it. And. I... I can't remember yeah. if she did. I just remember her saying, you know, when she was six years old, she was pretty much questioning what her life would be. Something like that. And then, okay. you know, she talked about getting into wrestling. And then now she's living her best life. But honestly, while watching this promo, it somehow made me think of Natalia. Hmm. That maybe, you know, maybe if. Only Natalia would have gotten like a spotlight like this. Yeah, maybe. Maybe things would have been different for her. Yeah, I, I don't know where they're going with this, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, last week I was kind of expecting, I actually liked it last week from the, at the start of it, but then I felt like I was missing something. Like I, mm-hmm. I said that last week, I felt like it missed like a point. Like she mm-hmm. talked about her mother and got all teary eyed, but then she just said, I'm going to be the women's champion someday. And I was like, okay, why do you say that? <laughs> like, what makes you so confident now? Like, mm-hmm. cause she talked about her losing to Charlotte. So I, I don't, I don't know. And then this week doesn't seem like she really convinced me anymore, but uh, I'm assuming they're going to have more of these and come up with some story to follow, but uh, we'll see. 
Not sure. Yeah, I just hope she doesn't get Lana involved again. Because yeah, yeah. that storyline <laughs> no, was <thank> terrible. <laughs> yeah. So from there, we move on to, God, another promo of uh, Seth versus Aleister Black uh, next week. And then Rey Mysterio's retirement ceremony, which I don't know if this is something that Rey Mysterio actually uh, agreed upon. I'm assuming this is going to be more of, you know, Seth Rollins um, having this ceremony for Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and then Ray probably crashing it at some point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll see, or maybe he'll he'll think about it, and Dominic will come save him again. <laughs> Dominic, because that's what happened last time. <laughs> yeah. uh, but hey, they are showing a they are showing a whole documentary documentary series on the WWE Network about a guy who can't call it quits and doesn't know when to retire. So uh, <laughs> why not translate it to Monday Night Raw with Rey Mysterio? That is true. That is true. I'm still shocked that Rey Mysterio hasn't retired yet. But, um, so now we move on to the main event, the street profits versus MVP and Bobby Lashley. By the way, is it still Bobby Lashley or just Lashley? I'm confused. Uh, I think he's still the almighty Bobby Lashley, but I, I'm not positive. I wouldn't be surprised if they take his last name. They took buddy. So they could take Bobby. (laughs) That is true. Okay. And, and, uh, and it rhymes too. Good. Um, so Montez Ford pretty much taunts Lashley with his speed, but Lashley, Lashley dominated him and turned it into a double team by Lashley and MVP. So Montez Ford was definitely getting a lot of beating from Lashley and, and, and MVP. And we're also seeing how dominant Lashley could get and the great teamwork between MVP and Lashley. Because, you know, going back to MVP's interview with Kayla Braxton, you know, I was thinking maybe MVP's not going to put in any work. But during this match, he was actually doing some work to help out Bobby Lashley. And then so Montez Montez Ford desperately tagged uh, Dawkins in. And he tries to save the match for his team, which kind of looked promising for the Street Profits. But when Montez Ford was close to pinning MVP... Lashley went back in the ring and caught Ford on a full Nelson. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they got disqualified because Lashley wasn't the legal man. And he put um, Montez Ford in a full Nelson and the referee counted him out. They got disqualified. And then here comes Drew McIntyre and him and Lashley pretty much just got into a brawl. And the referee was calling for for backup. And I was wondering as to when the other referees would come out. And next thing I know, here comes the NXT trainees just trying to break Lashley (laughs) and and McIntyre. They tried. Did not succeed. They tried and they did not succeed. And it made me laugh because in my head I was like, man what they they don't have enough referees anymore they had to call <laughs> the nxt trainees but good thing tom phillips mentioned earlier that those people surrounding the arena they got tested for covid19 and they're good so we know they're safe <laughs> yep yeah they were not wearing masks so <laughs> yeah but uh yeah that's that's a uh, monday night raw on memorial day 
Yeah, and uh, so I thought the main event was fine. Uh, it wasn't blow away. I thought it was just weird that Street Profits came out of this wacky comedy thing they've been doing for like the last couple of weeks into a main event tag match against Lashley and MVP, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, they just end up getting DQ'd and then McIntyre comes out and makes a save. It was just a little weird setup. Uh, and then, uh, but it, it was fine. It wasn't, you know, bad by any means. And mm-hmm. um, obviously McIntyre and Lashley, Lashley got some good looks in as well because the uh, the guys were trying to break up McIntyre. So they held him while Lashley was able to attack him. So at least, you know, they're having a decent feud. Um, I'm interested to see kind of what they do going forward. But overall, um, the show, I felt like from what I saw, seemed like a, a pretty good show. Uh, what do you think about it, Rain, altogether? Uh, for me, I want to give it a B plus okay. just because I like the fact that Apollo Crews actually won his first uh, WWE title. And yeah. um, the whole thing about Seth Rollins, just him playing his whole Monday Night Messiah character. I think he's he's been consistent about it. Um, I was so sick of him of his whole burn it down gimmick. Um, but right now this whole Monday night Messiah as twisted as it is, I think it's a good uh, character for him. And I can see how WWE is trying to really make uh, Austin theory, a part of, of, um, of um, Rollins's faction. Um, I'm glad that they didn't go with, um, I, I'm glad that they didn't go with the route of, Rollins, Theory, and Murphy against Zelina and um, Andrade and Angel Garza. I'm yeah. glad that they're yeah. I'm glad that they're using each faction, you know, to be, I guess, destructive, you know, throughout Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Um, I like how they showed us what how wrestling events would be or might be after this whole uh, pandemic. It's because it's going to be different. And, and I know it's been an adjustment for all of us, um, especially, you know, when we watch our shows and we're like, you know, it feels so different, but then again, you know, it's, it's production and, you know, coming from, from, you know, my industry, I work in in the production, television production industry, you know, it's just dealing with, with these things. You know, it's not just about putting a show. It's about considering, for example, if you have events, you know, considering people who would come in, um, their safety. And I think WWE is trying to do that, at least trying to show us that, hey, this is going to be, you know, the new norm. So, yeah, at least yeah, for a good for while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, the, um, the part we're in, MVP called the Street Profits Clowns. For some reason, it brought me back to years ago when Crime Time, um, if you guys remember, it was Shad Gaspard and JTG. Mm-hmm. They were pretty much just having fun backstage. And I believe it was Shelton Benjamin who like crashed their party. And pretty much, it was the same idea. Pretty much just called yeah. them clowns too. And I don't know why I thought of it when MVP... Um, had this backstage moment with um, with uh, the Street Profits, but it kind of brought me to that good old days of crime time, and you know, yeah, maybe he's like, paying tribute. 
Yeah, that uh, MVP was definitely affected by you know Shad's uh, mm-hmm. passing. So I, I don't know. Maybe he did. I, I didn't. I could. I didn't remember that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you might have caught caught a, a special moment there, and uh, that was pretty cool if it was. Yeah, and if it was really a tribute, you know, like a low key tribute to Shad Ga- uh, Shad Gaspard. God bless him because you know, like what we talked about earlier. You know, I think Shad has contributed had contributed a lot to the industry. I mean, he, I think for the most part, him and um, JTG were, um, I think they were good guys, even though they were doing bad things on TV, but they they were, they were good guys. Um, So I thought they, they were very entertaining when, uh, and they they kind of paved the way for guys like the street profits. Cause I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously there's, uh, they're, they're, you know, black tag team and, Mm -hmm. I mean, WWE hasn't always treated, you know, uh, people who aren't white equally. And mm-hmm. um, it was nice that they, I mean, they came in, they got over as good guys. The fans got behind them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, hey, Street Profits, especially with these segments they've been doing with the, uh, the Viking Raiders, these comedy segments are, you know, a lot of what Crime Time was doing back in the day. So, I mean, they even owe a lot to them and, you know, uh I mean, they, they kind of paid the way. So hopefully it was a tribute from MVP. I, th- I, thought, I think it'd be pretty cool, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, that and the comedy segments that they've been doing definitely right up crime times alley. So, uh, but that is our reviews for this week. Uh, oh, wait, again, what's your grade? Uh, <laughs> from what I saw, um, I would probably, probably give it around a B minus same. I gave SmackDown. Okay. It, it wasn't, it for nothing like made me angry. It wasn't so bad or anything. Uh, there were lulls. Um, There's some stuff that didn't make as much sense, but uh, like I said, the, the absence of Shayna and like the, the main event was kind of thrown together. And so uh, there wasn't a whole lot of wrestling, even though some of the matches were longer this week, there was still, I think only like four or five matches maybe in a three hour show. So they were still like pretty segment heavy. Um, but you know, they, they weren't bad segments. There was no karaoke segment. There was, so like everything I saw was enjoyable. Um, so I can't give it like a bad grade or anything, but it, it, there's room for improvement. So if I had to give it a grade, I'd give it like a B minus. Kind of want to give SmackDown. I think they're both around the same this week. Very watchable shows. But uh, yeah, that's what I'd give it. Um, but uh, Rain, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we love having you on every time. Uh, very insightful. Always love to get your take on things. And thanks again for covering we're all for us this week um uh, once again too she's uh on instagram and youtube uh and are you on twitter as well yeah i'm on twitter as well um at wwe underscore what if awesome so yeah she she puts out some you know some good content so go check her out for sure and check that. us Thank out you. yeah for sure uh and also follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram uh, at Russell Life Radio, on Twitter at Russell Life Pod. Uh, you can follow Matt at Russell Life Matt on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Instagram at Kyle.Polly. But thanks again, guys, for checking us out. Uh, thanks for listening again. Um, tell your friends about the show, uh, share our links. Get the word out because uh, we like to hear from more of you guys. And uh, again, if you guys have opinions, if you don't agree with what we say on the show, send us a message, send us a comment. We definitely read them and discuss things with you guys. And uh, Rain can chime in too, or you could reach out to her. But 
thanks again, Rain, for helping us. Uh, but yeah, we had a pretty decent show this week uh, with Raw and SmackDown. So um, hopefully it's as good next week and we'll catch you guys in. So thanks for checking us out, guys. You guys all have a good week. Thank you.